Hello and welcome to episode 198 of Fergo on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Join me as always is the Tegescent League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Pretty good. What does tangescent mean? Tergescent? Yeah, tergescent. Swollen. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> terrible and accurate. Um, how's things? Yeah, all good, all good. As Excellent. you know, having yeah. a splendid day. Everything's going great. Yeah. yeah. It's good when plans fall into place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking delivery drivers. Anyway, <laughs> got to get out of the system. This will be the episode where we have a look at um, and discuss some of the emails that we've had come in. Yeah, we've had a bunch of emails. We've been saving them up a little bit so that we could go through them in a whole episode. And so I reckon we just get stuck straight into it. All right. Can I do something a bit different to start with? Yeah. We've had two brilliant um, reviews come in. Oh, yeah. Read them out. I don't want to pump them out at the very top of the show. So the first yeah. one was... Um, from someone under the nickname Adolf Dickler. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he said, fantastic five stars. I've been away from the game for a number of years after moving to Melbourne a number of years back. Prior to the restart, I thought I'd better indulge in a podcast to get me into the footy again. Have to say, come across this gem. So nice to hear intellectual opinions coded in glorious banter. Well done, boys. You've got me back into footy. That's awesome. We've had a few that have been people saying that um, they've got back into footy because of the podcast, which is so cool to hear. Like, it, it, you know, it shows that we're doing something right. Absolutely. And uh, another five-star review here says, uh, Richard Cranium approves. I wonder what this is going to contain. Uh, wow, what a podcast. If you love the greatest game of all, Rugby League, give this a listen. Virgo provides a wealth of accurate stats, history, and opinions, while Freak provides the colour commentary. Their love of the NRL shines through, and their thoughts on the English game are complimentary and spot on. Virgo <laughs> constantly shows his undying respect for Mitch Moses, while Freaky shows his endless love for King Gutho, Matt Elliott, and raves on about how much he wants to live in Tamworth. How they give credit to certain News Limited journos and staff writers. They also promise me 50 bucks and a week of worth of Oporto for listening, and if anyone is reading, how about you sponsor the podcast? <laughs> That's a good one, eh? <laughs> uh, checks in the mail. Yeah. But I will I will warn you that um, I have sent it via stray post, so don't expect it. Yeah. It, somebody else will get it, though, and they'll really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Money well spent. Yeah. All righty, let's get into these emails. Okay, so they've, some of them are a little bit older than other ones, so okay. keep that in mind when we read them out. Have so, we got any from any princes in Africa? Uh, no, we don't. I don't <sighs> tend to get the princes in Africa once, hey? So waiting for one of those. Yeah, I get a lot of uh, ones saying that they're going to sell me like 50,000 um, COVID-19 masks and shit like that, which is pretty handy. But outside of that, no. No, nothing like that. So, okay. First one is from uh, John Garcia. And he says, hey, League Freak, according to Fox Sports, there might be a hybrid rugby clash of codes between the Kangaroos and the All Blacks. Just wondering what your thoughts on it are. And maybe you and Fergo could talk about the history of clashes of cross-code games. Yeah, we've kind of been on this before, haven't we? It wasn't too long yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll go through it just quickly. Yeah, there was uh, not so much... It was not a hybrid game, but they played four games between the Kangaroos and the Wallabies back in 1909. Yeah. Yep. 
And if we're honest, it was all it was all just a, a ploy by the Australian Rugby League to get Wallabies players paid, because they were amateurs then, and because they'd get paid, they knew that the Australian Rugby Union would then ban them for life, mm-hmm. which would leave Rugby League as the only sport available for them to play. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. And so the, the Australian Rugby League ended up getting, I think it was... 12 of the 15 best rugby union players in Australia or something near near best to that. Yeah. They played two games under rugby league rules and two under rugby union, I think. Or it might have been all under rugby league rules. I can't remember. But um, yeah. the series ended with two wins to each side. Okay. Uh, the Wallabies lost the first game 29-26. Mm-hmm. They won the next two games 34-21 and 15-6. And after the third game, not enough money being raised to pay the wages for the Wallabies players. Um, so a hastily arranged fourth game was arranged for the following week, and it was going to be the main event on the yeah. same day as the 1909 final, Ooh. which some may know ended up with Balmain forfeiting. Yes, the famous forfeited grand final. Yes, so you can go check out our 1909 episode to hear a lot more about that in detail. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a chaotic year, that one. Yeah, that so, was nutty. That's a pretty good episode, that one. So you can check out that one. It's pretty good. And I think other than that, we've had... There's been a few hybrid games played at schoolboy level and stuff like that or exhibition level. And as you point out, there was games between... I think it was Wigan and Bath in the 90s. Uh, was it Wigan and Bath? Yeah, it was Wigan and Bath, yeah. And, and Wigan won that on aggregate. Um, there, there was some junior games that were played in North Sydney where they had some sort of hybrid rules. I can't remember how that ended up. And that was weird. I think that was 12 players aside and all sorts of weird stuff. And the only other one I can think is the, uh, is it Kibra Park or some some place? Yeah. Yeah. They went into a, a rugby union competition in Queensland and absolutely blitzed it and and played. I would have thought that the only way to do a hybrid game, yeah. Just to have 14 aside. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was some sort of... It was some weird thing. I think Bob Fulton was involved in it and some former rugby union coach as well, and they come up with these weird rules where it was like 12 players aside and it was play the balls one side, like play the balls in your defensive half, but then those stupid fucking rolling around in the mud things that the rugby union players love... Uh, when you got into the attacking side of the field, and it's like, who the fuck wants to watch that shit? Yeah, as it turned out, not no one. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, next one is from PK Patrick. He says, "Hey guys, quick rant. Some of these are older, as I said. Quick rant on the Kangaroos versus All Blacks game. League for a game that is one, if not the toughest sports in the world." Off the field, we tend to behave like insecure children. This proposal case in point, we need to harden up off the field and realise our game is far superior and has progressed forward. Why move backwards, leave rugby union stuck in the mud? Uh, In terms of the league, union is the near mirror, is in the rear view mirror, gradually moving further away into the oblivion. Uh, Make no mistake, the New Zealand rugby union needs this more than we do, which I think is a really good point. They, they tend to be the ones that are pushing this, it sounds like. Because um, the fact is, the only way you could ever make significant money in this part of the world is dealing with league, either converting or throwing up 
this useless hybrid game. Why give them any help? Let them dwindle. Um, and he says, Mal Meninga is on something like $300,000 to be the Australian head coach, and this is the sort of shit he's working on. Come on. If you look at it, League Internationals will surpass Union in the Southern Hemisphere in the next 10 to 20 years with the growth of Tonga, Fiji, PNG, the Kiwis, potentially Samoa. We do. What do Union have? Wallabies? Ha ha. And the white South Africans. Good luck with that. Mal needs to understand this and focus on nurturing the huge growth potential in the international league, not this hybrid rubbish. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Mal? To me, something just doesn't sit right. A little overrated, particularly after his footy endeavours, be it at the Titans or his eager response to this nonsense suggestion. Look, I think... I wouldn't be surprised. This is this is only my opinion. There's no mm-hmm. fact behind this. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if Mal was probably offered some coin mm-hmm. to coach Australia to do this because there's no way that the New Zealand Rugby Union or the IRB or whatever they're called now, the International Rugby Union, mm-hmm. or the NRL or the International Rugby League would approve of a game like this. Yeah. So it has to be something that would be done unofficially off the record, and then that would that would bring about a host of issues. Yeah. Um, who's going to insure the players for the game, and how much is that going to cost? How are the players going to get paid? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we saw a brief idea as to some of the drama around that aspect when you saw New Zealand playing England over at the Mile High Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Imagine trying to do it with with two teams from two different codes in from two different countries. Yeah, the, where where the governing bodies are in direct competition with each other. Yeah, and the governing bodies would actually be out of the picture, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yet all the players are contracted to those governing bodies. And what if one of the players got injured playing in that game? Yeah. How's that going to impact the salary cap for the club they work with, given that they got injured playing in a game that wasn't sanctioned? So it's there's too many loopholes to, to try and close up and too many potholes everywhere i guess to try and avoid the whole concept is farcical mm-hmm. um it would be curious to watch um but other than that that's all it would be is a curiosity serves no purpose other than that and i don't think that either code whether you like them or not has the interest to do anything out of curiosity along those lines it just makes no sense no neither code will benefit from it i don't think i agree the the only way I could ever see something like that happening, and I think it's a really good point that New Zealand Rugby Union right now would love something to happen because they've only got a small country they're drawing on, and they could really use the cash injection for from from something overseas. Um, and the way that I would do it, if I was the rugby league, I would say, listen, you want to play against us, play rugby league. Otherwise, go away. And it's still got all the same problems, but at least you've got a set of rules that everyone knows. And But that uh, they would never do that because I think once, if you got one of these rugby union teams putting a foot in the door playing rugby league, it's it's going to be a cascading effect. And at the very least, they're going to start saying, well, why do we have these stupid rules in rugby union? Why don't we just simplify some of them? And look, they've tried to do that with, you know, the Australian rugby union or whatever the fuck they're called now. They are now looking at changing some of their rules just to make it look better while they've got this isolated season. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, 
rugby league is the evolution of rugby union. And I, I really do. I think one day rugby union will just evolve into rugby league and they'll just come together and be the same sport. Well, <laughs> I really do. The only way that would happen, though, is that rugby union would want to control it. And whether you might agree or not, I think the way the game is governed at an international level, rugby union has probably been doing it with more vigour mm. and more authoritarian sort of attitude than rugby league has for a long time. Look, if I was rugby union, I know what I would do. I would make a 15-side a game that has play the balls. Yeah. And I'd call it something else. I'd call it Rugby X. Or, <laughs> you know, and seriously, that's what I would do. XRU. Yeah, I'd do something like that because, man, it's, you know, eventually it's going to happen. I really do believe that. Uh, and it'll come, and it's going to be, you got to remember, Rugby League has had these, these rule changes over the course of 100 plus years. Rugby Union, I think eventually will get there. Like, I think eventually people will say, why the fuck do we watch scrums for five minutes before they, you know, set and set themselves up? Scrums is an interesting point because people in rugby league still pine for the scrums that were an absolute travesty to look at. Yeah, but only the fuckwits. Yeah, but there's still a lot of them around. (laughs) I know, but eventually those people die. (laughs) It's, you know, like... All we're going to do is get all of the the replay footage of games from the past and just mm. and just pixelate a scrum every time we see one. Yeah, <laughs> and just have the ball come out the back and go. Oh, the reception has improved. It, it's so funny. People are really, really funny because, and it's not people. You know who, and we we all know who it is. It's old fucking journalists keep saying it. You know, oh, wish scrums were like they used to be. And then you watch them and you're like, why? You know, you fucking pricks don't like it when a a call is made correctly by a referee. And you watch one of some of the old scrums and they were a mess. Like the ball went in, the ball spat out, the penalties were were all over the place. Yeah, they were terrible. There's a reason why we changed them. People have got this opinion, I think, that the rugby league scrum was very similar to the rugby union scrum, which is very... I mean, the rugby union scrum is actually part of the play. It's it's quite an important facet of the game, and so they they're set very cleanly, and very rarely will you see a rugby union scrum descend to anything that looked like a typical rugby league scrum. It was just a bunch of blokes pushing in weird directions, and it just everyone just fell over. Mm-hmm. Rugby union scrums do tend to keep their integrity when they're even when the pushing's going on, and people seem to think that that's what rugby league scrums were like, and they never were. Never, ever. They were an absolute blight on the game, and it got to the point where the late 70s, early 80s, they became so messy that nearly every second scrum would have ended with a differential penalty. And we'll have five or six differential penalties every year now from scrums, and people Mm -hmm. will go, oh, what's that for? And you're going, imagine getting outraged over differential penalties that happen once every two or three rounds. Yeah. And then taking that and having five or six of those every game. It's nuts, and we don't and then, want that. And go, and go the other direction, right? Just say we decided that yeah, we want to have scrums like they have in rugby union. Can you imagine how fucking ridiculous it would be in rugby league to make a scrum that important? Yeah, like why the fuck do people want a scrum to be important? 
I don't know. It makes no sense. No. The only thing from the past that I'd like to see is a hooker being allowed to rake for the ball at the at dummy half, like when he's defending. So the, at marker, sorry. Mm-hmm. So you used to see it a lot. You'd you'd see whoever's at um at marker, the first mm-hmm. marker, they'd be able to put their foot into the play of the ball and try and rake the ball back towards them. I'd, I'd like, like to see it. something like that, but it'd have to be a very black and white rule. Yeah. But I'd like to see something like that allowed back into the game. The th- I, I think, because it was so exciting when that would happen, like, because it would just be an instant change of possession. Yeah. Um, I think it would slow play the balls down huge because a player playing the ball would want to make sure that they didn't give the player in front of them any space to even get to the ball. But then... Um, I I feel as though in the professional game they do this the numbers on it and they'd say what we should be doing is striking in every single scrum uh, in every single play the ball sorry because we got six chances to get the ball back and the worst that happens is we well, might get the opposition to make a mistake well the thing is okay if you strike at the ball and you touch the ball with your foot but you don't get the ball back the opposition gets six again but I so feel that- like that would be enough like... to try and make people go, okay, we can't do it every time because we may actually go a whole half of that touching the footy. Yeah, true. I don't know. I, like, so I would be, like to see it. Has a similar impact to what the one-on-one strip does. A lot of people thought that that would cause a slowing down in the ruck as well, but it actually hasn't. Yeah, so like, I would like to see it trialled because I really do. I, I think it would. I think that they would do the sums on it and they'd say, oh, we're better off giving away sets of six and or penalties or whatever, but we get six chances to get that ball back. I, I, I don't know. And that's why I'd like to see it given another go. But it would yeah. have to be in games that were, like, I don't know, try it in the New South Wales Cup or something. Yeah, or just try it in games between Queensland sides, given that they're not really threatening in the NRL at the moment. Yeah, that's Ooh, good. zinger. Try it in games that don't actually mean anything at all, like Challenge Cup games. <laughs> well, hang on. We don't even know if they're going to be played this year yet. Yeah, they probably won't, actually. Well, there you go. That was some good chat. What's what's the next email? Okay, okay. the next one is from TBO Mars, who's a f- follower of mine. He's a big contributor on, uh, on Patreon, actually. And he says, hey, boys, it's Zad. Sounds like Aziad. Okay. The kid from Nui. He says, I uh, just wanted to say I love the feedback on the last email. Put a massive smile on my face. Freaky, you're bogan. You know I love you. Anyway, just want to message to ask you guys a few questions on the podcast. So he's got four questions here. Number one, who would you look at if you were the Bulldogs in for 2021 and then more realistically 2022? So this is obviously before... Um, Dean Pay got his marching orders, but who would you go for if you were the dogs as a coach? As a coach? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh. Um, I guess plays as well. Why not do both? Yeah, we can do both. Why the hell not? Um, I'll know this for sure. I'm certainly not putting Trent Barrett anywhere near the club. No, definitely um, not. Sean Wayne. <laughs> You kind of need someone who's going to be able to work with the the junior development as well as the the NRL side. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of a juniors area that the Bulldogs has. Um, I just haven't looked into it. That's not a, me being facetious or anything like that. They neglect um, it. I can tell you that much. 
they are you think of how many real proper bulldogs juniors they've been over the last 20 years not many robbie farrer yeah that's one just reynolds <laughs> I don't, actually it's probably a bit unfair because i think robbie farrer was a was a farrer for the tigers and the and the bulldogs he's in that sort of area where it's a, a the border changed a few times, I think, and I think he played for a few different junior clubs. Yeah, but we'll put him in there anyway. What the hell? But there's yeah, not look, it's, it's a good question. I think yeah. they've got a bit like the Roosters, where the area was a bit smaller than other clubs, so they always had to rely on buying other players and other juniors. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Fine, doesn't matter. Me, but I think you need someone who's going to be able to look after the more than just the NRL side. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know who they look at in that regard. I definitely I, wouldn't be looking at. Um, I definitely wouldn't be looking at Trent Barrett though. No. I I know I've said some nasty things about him, but um, Tim Sheen's probably wouldn't be a bad idea because there's one thing I won't criticise him on, and that was he brought through a lot of local uh, local and junior talent, mm-hmm. um, more so than buying elsewhere. So that shows that he has an interest in the development of the game beneath the NRL level as well at the club, which I think is something that needs to happen at the Bulldogs. So I think he'd probably one, be a good idea for a coach for three years maximum. Get in there, restructure everything, get everything set up right, and then bring in a coach to take advantage of it and take it to the next level. And then sack him. See, I think the Bulldogs are going to struggle to get anybody that is a half-decent coach because they'll look at the situation and say, nah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I, I just saw what you did to Dean Pay, and you're not in any better situation really in terms of who you can buy and when. Mm. Um, and I just think that the best coaches will just not look at it going there. Um, That's why they got Trent Barrett. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know who would be at their level that they could maybe get in. Um, you know, because I, I think uh, Anthony Griffin would be great mm. for them, but I think he would look at it and say, nah. I'm going to stick to doing radio until a better job comes along. I can't believe though that he wasn't even, you know, he's not even in the uh, in the shortlist of candidates. Essentially, he's not even being talked about for the role. Well, uh, and the fact that they're going after Trent Barrett is just madness. Like that, I don't see any reason why he would look at anything Trent Barrett's done as a rugby league coach and think that that's what you want at your club. It reminds me, actually, the Bulldogs at the moment of the West Tigers and the drama they went through with coaches after they got rid of Sheens. Yeah, yeah. They just went for whoever was the cheapest coach available at the time mm-hmm. and did it again and again. <laughs> yeah. They did that a little bit before he got there, too. Remember they had Terry Lamb. Uh, what other no, coaches? I don't remember that. I've moved on from those dark, <laughs> dark days. Thank you. Now, let's go down this memory road again. It's always fun. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so who... who you, had, you, you had a lifetime of, yeah. of drama with Matthew Elliott there. How long was he at the Panthers for? Five years? Um, see, if somebody said, guess how long he was there, I would say it felt like eight years. <laughs> and I'm not even joking, man. But what was it, five, six years? I'm I'm guessing it was five years. Okay. Have a look here. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, it was five years. Okay. There you go. It felt like eight. Yeah. Well, um, when when Terry Lamb was coach of the West Tigers for those two years, it felt like eight years. <laughs> when will this end? Who was the coach before him? 
Wayne Pierce. Was it just Wayne Pierce? And then yeah. like so it was Wayne Pierce. Pierce did just the two thousand season. Yeah. And he's doing pretty well. And then um the Melbourne Storm destroyed Jared McCracken's career in an yeah. illegal tackle and the club yeah. sort of fell apart after that and they fell way down the list and I think they finished tenth or something, but they were sitting second or third on the ladder at the time that that happened. Now who was after Terry Lamb? Tim Sheens. Okay. I felt like there was another dodgy coach. Ah, so we had Terry Lamb for two years. And then Tim Sheens came along in 2003, I think. Okay. And he spent two years bringing in juniors, cleaning out the club, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. So in his third year at the West Tigers, he won the premiership. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you've got to do with him. Three three years is perfect. And done. Yeah. You sack him as a premiership winner. That, that's right. You say, all right, thanks for your time. Go away now. You've you've maxed, you've peaked. And the stats will back me up on that one. Nice. Uh, Just okay. machines at West Tigers. Who do we who do think is going to be in the grand final? This year? Yeah. Uh, maybe Roosters and Parramatta. I think it'll be Parramatta and Penrith with Penrith <laughs> winning. Um, There's no chance, mate, because you know what will happen, okay? Hmm. Penrith will win the game to reach the grand final. Well, actually, yeah. they'll win the game to get to that third week of the finals, okay? Yeah. And they'll be sitting there going, we're only one win away from making it to the grand final. And they'll all go out on TikTok and have parties and they'll all get suspended. That would be cool. That would be worth <laughs> it, though. I mean, to get some views on TikTok, I don't know what they do on TikTok if you get, like, likes or little love hearts or whatever. But uh, you get enough of them. It's worth a grand final spot. Yeah. They, they, they'd throw it away by partying on TikTok. Oh, man, I've just looked at question three. Oh, yes. More for League Freak. Would you rather have Matthew Elliott as coach or Matt Moylan back? I would have Matt Moylan back a thousand times over than Matthew Elliott destroying the entire Oh, hello. Oh, we got a guest. I've got a delivery. Hang on a sec. Okay. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, Matthew Elliott destroys your entire club, whereas Matt Moylan... He plays patchy, gets injured, and then decides to sit out the finals matches for no particular reason at all. So I'd rather have him at the club than uh, Matthew Elliott, 100%. Um, Okay, where else... Okay, question four. Where else can I find you at, and where can I help to chip in for for the podcast? So, you, obviously, with the podcast, you find us on all the podcasts and apps. Um, you can listen to the podcasts on YouTube. I don't know how many people know that, but you listen on YouTube to them. There's no video or anything. It's just the logo sits up there. Um, and then, yeah, the, the way to support the podcast is through both of our Patreons. So, Andrew's is patreon.com slash project. And mine is patreon.com slash leaguefreak. And that's a that's an easy way to support the podcast as well, which you've done. So thank you for that. Um, cheers, boys, boys, for reading this out in advance. And again, love your work and chat soon. So that was a cool one. Um, the next one is by another uh, Patreon supporter of mine called Andy. Uh, it's good to hear from Andy. It's a really long one. So I'm just going to read this out. It's like a... It's massive. It's absolutely massive. So let's get into this. Freaky. Long email head covers quite a few items I've been planning to write about to you about. Feel free to read it out or just 
mind for podcasting content. Uh, just listened to a podcast about the Cowboys versus Roosters game. I've got to say how impressed, how impressive are the Roosters. Players out injured well before the game. Players go out right before the game. Two-hour flight delay flying in on the afternoon of the game. Didn't, uh, they didn't play well for the opening 25 minutes and they just hung in there and they put uh, and then they just punished teams. I'm not a Rooster supporter. Heck, I'd probably support most other teams in games against them. But, geez, you've got to respect what Uncle Nick and Robbo have put in place there, which That's is really Roosters. true. Yeah, they've been playing pretty good considering everything they've been up against. Yeah, but, I mean, every club's been up against something, really, haven't they? Yeah, but the, especially, as you said, in that, that Cowboys game, they had injuries, and then they had the flight delay and everything. It was it was a good win. It was a solid win. Um, then he says, on the pronunciation of my surname, you had a good crack at it, uh, and it is difficult as it does not sound like it is spelt. The English pronunciation of it, of it my extended family uses, is... Marsh all ack. Marsh all ack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, so his name's Andy Mar- Andrew Marshallack. Okay, I'll try to remember that. Hey, the, cor- the correct Polish pronunciation is actually slightly different to this, but makes even less sense uh, when you look at the spelling. Believe me, I've seen and heard many different spelling and pronunciations of it, so no offense was taken by any mistakes made. I'm generally more impressed that people are willing to have a crack at it. Well, you've got to have a crack at it, don't you? Um, okay, so he says, as a Broncos member who lives in Sydney, could you do me a favour and do an episode or even just a small segment on why the Broncos need to extend extend his contract? And Who's have, contract? I don't know. I'm trying to work it out. As a Broncos member, could you do me a favour and do an episode or even a small segment on why the Broncos need to extend his contract? I don't know. Maybe it will. Are they talking about Griffin? Must. Or Darius? Let's go through every single person involved with the club and see if we can nail it down. Darius Boyd, don't extend his contract. Nah. (laughs) Uh... Anthony Griffin, don't extend his contract. Actually, I'll go with this for pretty much everyone except for Payne Haas, David Fafita. Yeah, I would say... I would say extend the contracts. Uh, oh, or Vita Pangai Junior. Need to hang on to him as well. Pangai Junior. Uh, I'd, I'd keep off and Gally. I think he's a handy player. Yep. Payne Haas, Croft. I would keep. Uh, Milford. I'd probably no, I keep. The, the rest are indispensable. Keep those three forwards. You can build a decent side around those three blokes. Well, that's it, and that's the crazy thing about them. I take those three players and put them in any club. You make that other club better. One hundred. For some reason, Anthony Seabold can't do it. That's that's true. I've got a theory too about Anthony Seabold. Yeah. And why he keeps Darius Boyd at the club. Yeah. Okay. Now he's a good kisser. We found <laughs> we we found in the past, okay, mm-hmm. that when Anthony Seabold was at South, what made him a good coach there was mm-hmm. Damian Cook. Yeah. And so he's talking to Darius Boyd and trying to figure out how Wayne Bennett created a relationship with a test player that was so strong that that player would follow him around everywhere in the hope that he can do the same thing with um, with Cook. Okay, and get Cook up there. Yeah, I think that's probably his plan. That way you can get Cook up to the to the Broncos. 
Okay. The thing is, it's all reverse engineered. Like he's 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 working on the relationship after he's already left the player. So I don't know how he plans on making it work. But then again, it's Anthony Seabold, and not much works properly in his head. So that's pretty much where he's at right now. Yeah, he's that's my theory. To, he's it's trying right. to reverse engineer it, but he's fucking it up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's my theory. I know it's right, so it's not up for debate. Okay, <laughs> that's interesting. Um. Okay, uh, so what we might do with this email, because it's massive, so we will mine it for content over time. Uh, but he says at the very end of it, um, as for reviews on Apple Podcasts, I'd give you another, but you've already read mine out a few times. So whilst I still give you five stars, I think you need other listeners posting reviews. I agree 100%. Well said, well said. What a yeah. man. Excellent. Okay, now, oh. Yeah, he was talking about Seabolt. He, he followed up the next emails from him too, saying, oh, I was talking about Seabolt. So, yeah. Uh, know, actually, how many years did they sign Seabolt for? Was it five? I feel like it was five, yeah. Fuck, that's nuts. How about this one? We got this one uh, last night. This is another good one by TBO Mars. He starts off, go fuck yourself. Nah, <laughs> I'm kidding. What about another little trivia uh He's talking about the 200th episode idea. What okay. about another little trivia, but of the last 10 years only? So 2010 to 2020 in our trivia, I'd be very keen. Cheers, guys. That is a good idea, actually. I'm writing that idea down. Okay. Should I make it stupidly complicated again? Yeah, why not? Okay. <laughs> okay, so th- these are ones that have come through more through the website. So it's people using the website, which is pretty cool. Okay. So, first one, Ash. Hey, boys. One, I've noticed the Fox coverage is playing a sound effect when a team scores. And he says the roosters, um, there's a rooster crowing, there's lightning for the, I think that's the eels, there's a panther growl for the panthers, etc. When teams score, it gets very old once you've seen each team put 50 on the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> It might get old, but it doesn't get boring. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Do you think it should be like the baseball where every player has a song and they play a clip of it when they score? I think it would be great. And what player do you think would have what songs? Okay, here's the problem with that one, okay. Mm -hmm. Imagine you're Charlie Staines or Matt Ikevalu Mm -hmm. and the song you pick is one of the most abhorrent songs of all time. Do you want to hear that five times in a game? That's a good point, actually. Especially when it gets one of those songs that's an absolute earworm, like the Baby Shark song or something like that. What's the Baby Shark song? Don't give me that. You know that song. I've got no idea. What the fuck is a Baby Shark song? Okay. We'll, we'll put the link in the uh, in the description. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm not going to to Just sing produce it. any singing of it because Just... it will. we will lose every single one of our listeners because of it. Okay. Oh, what? what it's an ear cancer, like? is what it is. Ear cancer. Um, <laughs> you know, if I was a player, do you, have I told the story on the podcast about the UFC fighter and his walkout music? I'm not sure. I'll do it again anyway. Okay, so there was the, the UFC. Uh, they probably do it differently now, but they would uh, they would get uh, they would text a fighter and say, "What fight out? What walkout music do you want when you walk out to your fight?" Anyway, this one UFC fighter, he changed phone numbers. 
and didn't let the UFC know. So the UFC sends a text and the person that gets it realizes what it is. They say, oh, what walkout music do you want? And this went on for like years where this random person was picking the walkout music for this fighter. And this fighter would walk out to really weird shit and think that somebody at the UFC was trolling him with these weird songs that he was walking out to. (laughs) But that's what it ended up being. But, um, yeah, who would be some... It would be some some ones like. Uh, is there a song called TikTok that Nathan Cleary could use? That would be. I'd, I'm sure there probably is TikTok. But what about who would walk out to the baby elephant walk? They they try scoring maybe uh baby elephant walk. Sorry, I'm just self censoring because I was thinking of another song for another player, and I probably shouldn't say anything there. Okay. <laughs> Uh, there's, oh, there's more bad ones. There's a oh, man. This, this is not going in a good This is place. bad. <laughs> I won't say the player, but he's an Eels player, and he could probably come out. He could probably score tries to pinks just you and your hand tonight. Um, yeah, I was just thinking of a, a certain prodigy song that was quite famous, and maybe a Broncos player. No, pretty much anyone, you really. That you can't say that. Can't say it. Can't say it. Not gonna do it. No. No, no, no. Um, yeah. I, I would like just <laughs> just different plays and you play songs from like The Little Mermaid for, for them and stuff. Like, can you imagine Mitch Moses scores and it's the, a song from The Little Mermaid? <laughs> uh, that'd be good. I can think of it. I can think yeah, of a, a good song by Limp Biscuit that'd be really good for a Broncos prop. Oh, really? Mm. It's just a bad road that he's taken us down, Ash. He's taken us down a really dark road. I think. I, I think when you were reading at that email, I could tell what he was doing was, was he spent quite a bit of time manicuring the edge of the the garden path, mm. and it was just too irresistible. We just we just went down there. Yeah, I like the way that he starts off like, hey, boys, and he's like, oh, how about Fox Sports and that? And then he's like, hmm, why don't you say something terrible? Yeah. <laughs> and just washes his hands and hands in the air and walks away going, I had nothing to do with that. Exactly. Classy play. Fuck you, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, next one is from Adam. He says, fellas. Got to say, Manly were the better team against the Knights and they were robbed of an opportunity to equalise at the siren. In in more important news, I can't believe you didn't receive the picture of an angry quacker attached to my review on Apple or whatever. The internet is fucked. Agreed, the internet is fucked. Yeah, Apple doesn't doesn't, um, show us the images, sorry. So you can email it to us. Well, he did. He sent it. Oh, Although fantastic. I don't know if it's going to work, but I and I haven't looked at it yet. But no, no, if you send it through to me. I'll add it as the um the thumbnail image on the YouTube video. Then I'll just start there for the whole video. Yeah, I I have not seen what this image is yet, so I'm going to copy it, and then I'm going to fucking put it in the the chat. It's just a yeah, this, is, tech, this is technology 101. It's <laughs> a pretty good image. That's pretty cool. That is a good one. Okay. Oh, shit. That is Actually, fun. What I'm going to do to to give it a little bit more imp- impetus. Yeah. I'm going to open up in paint. 
Yeah. I'm just going to put two angry eyebrows on him. <laughs> okay. Just to um, make it a bit angrier. Okay. That's a okay. picture. So he said, uh, touched the, okay, the internet is fucked. Speaking of fucked, why don't Fox employ any old, why don't Fox employ any old, moronic, illiterate, racist cunt who can't prima- pronounce the simplest of Pacifica Island names instead of paying Kevin Walters? Oh, jeez. Probably should have proofread that one. <laughs> you did. Live Cut, on air. Yeah, live on air. Cunt's a joke. Quokkapik incoming. Love the show, by the way. Thank you, Adam. And so, yeah. You know what we should do? Put that uh, picture up on the uh, Instagram. You will, definitely will. Yeah, excellent. Um, okay, Ash. And then, is this the same Ash? This might be a different Ash. It's coming from a different email address. Anyway, Ash. Another Ash, I think it is, has said, are clubs spending big money on young players more than they have historically? Is there a problem with clubs chewing up salary cap on potential rather than ability? What can be done so that young talent is retained and is not lost to other codes and club caps and financial viability are better managed? P.S. I'd pitch John Hopawati as a candidate for one of the Tigers' worst ever signings. Uh, no, he was he was actually pretty good up until he started sticking his finger up people's dates. That was when he went off the road. But prior to that, he was actually playing pretty decent footy. Yeah, when but, he was when he decided to, he'd uh, been like on, Joey Lailua. When he decided to focus on playing football, he was good. Mm. When he stopped focusing on that, which is probably once every three weeks, he was an utter moron. Yeah, Opawati wasn't bad until he decided to go out in the field and start sexually assaulting and raping players um, in front of the public. That was really a bad decision on his behalf, mm, retrospectively. He, re- he, re- he redefined digital, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. We all thought it was like CDs and shit and MP3s, and here he is sticking fingers up dates. Yeah. Um, sorry, got sidetracked. What was the rest of it? Oh, about juniors, club spending too much on juniors. Um, that's... I don't think they're doing it more now than they have in the past. I think mm. it's about the same. I'm reminded just, of, what was it? I 90, think the 90s. percentages are higher, you know, because they've got more money to now than they used to. It's almost like inflation. Yeah. I think the, the difference between now and in the past is that the talent scouting now tends to be better than in the past. Mm-hmm. So more often than not, the big money that a club offers to a 16-year-old does tend to land with that kid playing first grade eventually. Yeah. Whereas in the past, a lot of kids were getting a big, a big payment, and they never even made it to NRL level. Um, yeah. I'm reminded of of uh, a kid I went to school with. And it was Barney Hazlitt. Mm-hmm. Um, he got signed by Parramatta when he was 14 or 13 or 14 years old, mm-hmm. and I don't even think he made it to Parramatta's reserve grade team. He played for might have played for Wentworth Bill for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what they paid him. Um, but yeah, it was, it's very rare you find an incident like that these days. Yeah. So I, I, I know that the clubs have talked about having some sort of cap and they did bring in a rule where you're not allowed to sign someone below the age of 16, I believe recently. Yeah. Um, and they, all of these caps and things like that, first of all, they're completely unenforceable at that point, but, um, well, it's an honor system, isn't it? Yeah, and and the the other thing is that 
it's like, you know, they're trying to save themselves from themselves. And I don't think there's too many clubs that are really going out of their way to play massive, pay massive money. Like, I would see the Roosters doing something like that because they have to, basically. Um, and they, they would look to sign juniors from other clubs. But then you look at a team like, say, for instance, the Panthers, they just don't need to because they've got so many juniors coming through. Um, it, it, so it just depends club to club, I think. Um, but, yeah, I, as for, like, NRL players playing for, paying for potential rather than what they're doing, I do think there is a bit of an issue. But, you know, a good club... A good club doesn't need to do that. A bad club does. And you look at the Titans as an example. They're going to pay probably overs for David Fafida, but they need to do something to get the talent to the club. And that's the premium you pay when you're in a bad position. Yeah. And look, every club's been in a situation like that where they've had to pay overs for players for some period before becoming successful and being able to get players at a cheaper price. Yeah. It's a cycle that most clubs go through. The That... The average run clubs will go through that cycle. The shit clubs will never get out of the the paying overs for players. Yeah, I'm trying to think of when it's really properly worked. You know when it really worked well, and they weren't too bad. But when the um when the bunnies got Greg Inglis on big money, that really worked. Yeah, they they were building a pretty decent squad around that time too, which was helpful. But it but it also. It signaled the intent, I felt like, that we're not going to be that club that just takes uh, leftovers anymore. We're now going to target superstars. And, you know, they got their man. That's why I think the Tigers should have done it with Latrell Mitchell. I really do. I, I, You know. And he's up and down still at the moment, but he was going to work it out. Yeah, of course he was. Um. I'm trying to think of other teams that have done that sort of thing where they've paid overs. Um, well, I guess you could say that the Broncos paid for Milford's potential, and I don't think that's worked out for them. Not on a consistency level, no. No. Um He's had moments, but it hasn't worked out for him. I'd say the Dragons did it too a few years back. Who with? Well, they bought that Ford. They got that Ford pack there, and they had Whitup as well. They brought to the club. Yep. And yep. In those few years, uh, the, 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 after they got Whitup there, they'd made the finals once or twice, I think. Yep. And it kind of started working, and then McGregor turned up. Could you say that the the Cowboys paid for Talmalolo's potential? Mm, yeah, sort of. Yeah. I mean, he was producing bloody good footy when they signed him on that massive deal. Yeah. So I think they were starting to see his potential then. Mm-hmm. Risky, real risky signing someone, even though they're consistent as hell like Tom Malolo is. Real risky signing someone on a 10-year deal because out of nowhere, you can get a player who could be healthy and playing great footy for years and years and on, on end, and then all of a sudden... Injuries cruel him for two or three years, like we've seen with Kieran Forum. We saw it with Billy Slade at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a big risk you take with a deal like that. It's, um, weird how, it's weird how some players just seemingly, and touch wood, don't get injured. Like Tal Malolo is 
one that doesn't get injured very often considering what he does in a game. Mm. Um, Cameron DCE, Smith. Cameron Smith. Yeah, yeah. even I mean, the, uh, the Morris brothers. Yep. Although um, Brett gets injured a lot, doesn't he? Uh, I think what he gets is niggling injuries and he just plays through them a lot of times. Yeah. So it's, know, it's, it's interesting. How weird is it? that Cameron Smith has played that many games as a hooker in the NRL. Yeah. And missed, you know, bugger all games. Yeah. He's actually missed more games through being picked for Queensland and having to sit out a week than he actually has missed games being suspended or injured. It's insane. He is sending that that record, when, when it eventually gets broken, man, it, it's going to take a while. I, I think I remember saying that I think Mitchell Pearce will end up with it. Um, because he's another one that doesn't get injured. Yeah, although last year was a bit of a bad one for him. Yeah, but that's yep. about it, really. Yeah. He's not the sort that that goes in and out of lineups. Um, I and think nothing still, still has, like that. Still has age on his side too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jared Croak is probably not going to go too far off either if he if he manages to stay on the field. Yeah, he doesn't get and injured. Mitchell Pierce is. Played 285 games so far, and he's well, he's 31 now. But he so doesn't he, look like he's slowing down. No. But 100 games would be another four seasons. So that'd be he's looking at being around 380 games if he goes injury-free. Close yeah. to 400 games if he plays till he's 35. So if, but if he plays as long as Cameron Smith does, he's smashing it. He's going to go close to it. Um, Jag Croak has played 266 games. That's 19 less, and he's two years younger than Pierce. That's pretty good. Yeah. How well, Tom Alolo's been playing since he was 17. So how many has he played? Uh, let's see. Tom Alolo's 27. He's played 188. Okay. So he'll get to 200 this year just, maybe. I think the Cowboys might have to make the finals for him to get to 200 this year. Well, that's the thing that's helped Smith. He's been playing those extra games, yeah. Um, that's an interest. Like, I think that with this idea of do you pay too much for potential, I think it balances out because there's been plenty of players that have been paid for what you think they're going to produce anyway. Like, say, look, Mitchell Pierce is a great example. You know, the Knights got Mitchell Pierce. Is he worth it? I don't think so. It's hard to say. Because, I mean, if you're going on the most basic of stats, and that is the wins column, they've had more wins since he's been there than what they were getting prior to him turning up. It's a good yeah. point. And like you can't put it all down to him. But if you had to choose between Mitchell Pierce. And Jared Mullen, who would you say is the, going to be the upgrade out of those two? I, I would say Pierce simply because Mullen was injury prone. Yeah, I don't think Mullen at his best was better than Pierce at his best. I'm not saying either of them are absolute world class or anything like that, but I mm. would take Pierce every day of the week over Jared Mullen. Oh, really? So I, I don't know. He's got, a, he's got a better kicking game he's a, and he's a better organiser. He's, I don't think his passing game is that much different to Mullins, but I think Pierce is a better organiser than, than Mullen was. 
So I kind of put them in the same category as that, like, people think that they're really, really good because uh, fucking John's brother said it once. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I don't think Mitchell Pierce is as good as a lot of people think he is. Mm-hmm. I also don't think he's as bad as a lot of the haters think he is either. I just think he's ran about middle of the road. But I don't think Jared Mullen was middle of the road. I don't think he was that highly ranked. I think he was a bit lower than that. Mm-hmm. It always surprised me that Mullen made it. You think he played Origin, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. I don't know how that happened. That That's up there with Josh Reynolds playing Origin and, and Trent Hodkinson playing Origin. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, it's Trent Hodkinson was a, a weird one. I mean, he did a job, but, yeah. but still... There's been some weird calls like that at origin level. He's an origin player, though. It's like, just give me the most talented player, please. Yeah. But there you go. No, I, I think Pierce has been an upgrade for them. The only thing that's going to make it out like it's not much of an upgrade is they're probably paying a hell of a lot more for Pierce than they were paying for Mullen. And that brings them back level pegging in my book. Yeah. Because it's all about, you know, value for money, I guess. See, so I, I think that... Uh... Like uh, and I, I watch the, I watch all the games, and I see fucking Pierce being talked about by the commentators like he's a god, and it's, oh, weird. Yeah, it's he shovels the ball off to Ponga, and Ponga does some fucking matrix shit, scores a try, and they'll be like, oh, the Pierce and Ponga combo. Yeah, like, wow. They used to do that all the time last year and the year before, whenever Parramatta was playing, and Mitchell Pierce, oh, sorry, uh, Mitchell Moses, sent a pass to. Um, Sevo or who was the winger they had there before him? Radradra. Radradra. Yeah, oh, I remember watching a try Radradra score one day, and I think he must have gone about seventy meters and beat about ninety-five people. Yeah, and they came back to going, "Oh, how was that pass from Mitch Moses?" And I went, <laughs> "Settle down." <laughs> it was like a standard ball to a winger because there was nothing on. He didn't draw anyone. He didn't go to the line, but he just passed the ball along the line. Yeah, yeah. Just calm down. That's pretty funny. Yeah, you know, Rad Raja just goes through and destroys society as he goes through and scores a try. <laughs> <laughs> it all goes back to one pass. And he, it's, I don't know. That's not a rip it on Mitch Moses thing. Mitch Moses does plenty of good things, especially now. Mm. Um, but you can't give him credit for every freaking thing he does or everything that goes on at Parramatta that's good because we're seeing right now there's a team full of great players there and they can win without him and win well. So... You can't sit there and say that Mitch Moses has got a hand in everything that comes good at Parramatta because there's, a, there's you know, 16 other players in that team who are all putting in and doing bloody good jobs as well. And that's sometimes a fact that gets missing when you talk about any halfback. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, if you've got the greatest halfback ever, if the forward pack is getting beaten, they're, they're pretty much stuffed. It doesn't matter. Yep. There's, I've only ever seen... Only a few elite halfbacks, and they're elite for this reason, yeah. will still get wins despite playing behind a beaten pack. I tell you, the players I can think of that have that have dragged their teams, kicking and screaming to wins that have been a half, and like Benji Marshall's one of them, Andrew Johns, Darren Lockyer, uh, Jonathan Thurston to a lesser extent, and then after that, Fitler, he's done it when he was at the halves. You'd say he was a half. Um, Wally Lewis. Wally Lewis. Some of the performances he got out of that Gold Coast team in the twilight of his career, even when they lost, um, 
they were still pretty competitive. And they pulled out some a few impressive wins while he was there too. Mm. Um, yeah. Some absolute stars can just do that for a side. Yeah, and like, I, I think that's it. But in, in, in my lifetime that I can think of, for halves that can win a game, doesn't matter how their team's playing. Well, not doesn't matter how their team's playing, but against that momentum that their team has not been able to get back. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty um, pretty small class. Yeah. Well, that's all our emails. That's all our emails. I that's did miss it. one there because I had to go and answer the door. That's all right. I answered it. It was more for, for me anyway. Oh, fine. Fuck you, Zane. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that was just... Listen, that one was just between me and the person that sent the email and all of our, our thousands and thousands of listeners. And not me. Yeah, yeah. You so can never know. I'm not good. allowed to listen back to this episode. Not at all. Not okay. at all. Fine. So this is episode 198, right? Yeah. For 199, we've got a guest that's coming on that's from an expansion area of the game. And one yeah. of our, an area where our podcast is listened to quite heavily, surprisingly. Yeah, hugely. We're yeah. very, very popular there. So, um, yeah, this is this is pretty much some pandering to an audience. Yeah. Well, not just that. You know what? It's going to be interesting because I've been thinking about this. It's not often you get to talk to somebody that didn't know the game existed not long ago. Yeah. And I'm going to ask them questions about it. I'm going to see what they think about it, what they think is uh, good, what they think is bad. It's things like that. No, it would be interesting. Yeah, looking forward to it. And then we got the big one, the Bicentennial. We're still deciding how we're going to do it. Yeah, I think we've got, uh, we're 80% of the way on one idea, but we could go a different direction. Yeah. I mean, we've been throwing up ideas of doing a a live episode. Mm. Um, You know, we're not going to, we're not going to confirm anything with any of you. We're just going to do it our way. Yeah, like, we do want your input to a certain extent. Just in case we're out of content idea. Yeah. But yeah. then sh- shut the fuck up and be happy with what you get. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you can be involved, mm. but only a little bit if we want you to be. Yeah. Now, I've got one other thing we need to discuss, one other order of piece of business. Okay. Um, our intern who runs a social media account. Ugh. They've been getting a bit nasty of late. Yeah, really fucking nasty. What's the deal? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I saw what they said about you last night. I was like, what the fuck? Was, and I hadn't even like made any mention about it for a while. And I just thought, maybe if I just be quiet and don't say anything, it'll leave me alone. Yeah. And not just come out with a cold attack anyway. Um, yeah. What, what should we do in that regard? Well, like, you would think that the way to go would be to fucking, like, just get rid of them, right? But Mm. they've got all of the passwords and shit, so we kind of can't. I think, too, given their attitude, that might be what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. And we can't have that. No. So I'm thinking maybe take them in their cage and stick it in that pub 
in Sydney there and see if they get the Rona. Just, well, I'm up for that. Yeah. I don't know how we get it there. Can we get a courier to come pick them up? I mean, I was Just, in the Australia Post. Have you ever... Oh, yeah, I was going to ask <laughs> you if you'd say... I was going to say if you... <laughs> they, well, first of all, if it was Australia Post, they could end up fucking anywhere. <laughs> Some cunt is out there right now playing fucking Sonic and Knuckles, and they've got warm fucking toes, and fuck them. Exactly. My daughter be sitting there waiting for the game at the door. Yeah. Sad. With one exactly. tear, one single tear, they're going down a cheek. Yeah. Thanks, Straight Post. Yeah, good one. Made my little daughter cry. Fucking bastards. <laughs> hey, uh,. How's the how's the Rona lockdown treating you? Yeah, um, I think I mentioned the other on the last episode that I don't know what everyone was complaining about. Um, yeah, it's I believe I believe it's in the air outside. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And Mrs. And I treat about treat it like it's the uh, talk, talk about it like it's the the um, nuclear dust that hang around at Chernobyl <laughs> after the nuclear reactor exploded. Just rona dust is everywhere. Go outside, you're going to inhale it and die. I think I'm about to be put into like some sort of lockdown because it's at Kashula, which is down in Campbelltown Way, Liverpool Campbelltown Way, um, with the unkept masses down there. But I think eventually it is going to spread, and it, it, like then I'll be back into lockdown, which will just really mean I won't be going and getting a Porto. And driving a fucking JB Hi-Fi and buying shit I don't need. No, you can just go online and get it delivered to your house. It'll be good. Yeah, that's one thing I've I've um, started getting into is um, Uber Eats and menu log and stuff like that. You know, I was watching um, the there was a fucking press conference from Victoria, and they were talking about the people that they have been finding. So they find a couple of dudes that were driving around playing Pokemon Go. Um, and then they find 10, people, 10, 10 dudes that were sitting around a fire in the middle of a driveway having beers. Um, and then the other thing they did was they said they had to find some brothels down there, $10,000, because they, they weren't socially distancing. So... I, it, which is kind of funny. There's a lot of questions you could ask about how you socially distance in a brothel. But, um, yeah. Imagine being officers who decide, you know, let's go to a brothel and make sure they're socially distancing. We'll do you it. We'll do an undercover sting. You pull out the ruler. Like, <laughs> listen, is it within one and a half metres of one another? Stop that. Stop doing that. <laughs> Put it away. <laughs> That might have the rona in it. Put it away. <laughs> they, they're there with, like, water bottles spraying. <laughs> Actual water bottles. Well, that'll Glen 20. Oh, you'd want, like, some sort of industrial strength shit, wouldn't you? Pretty like much. just pure bleach or something? You'd just be fumigating the room with bleach. <laughs> Going with a hazmat suit. <laughs> So you're allowed in there, but don't inhale anything, don't touch anyone, 1.5 <laughs> metres. Yeah, that'll work well. They say that you're basically allowed to go in the room, stand opposite ends of the room, and just give up. like a Fonzie like, e, and yeah. that's it. Just you look at one another and get back out. Yeah, yeah, you put your money on the table and then leave. 
It'll probably still still get people going in. <laughs> yeah, there's probably someone out there that's like, oh my god, that's my thing. That's a service they offer? I'm definitely in on that. Oh, let me get my leather coat. <laughs> <laughs> like they go, eee. All right, I'm done. Thank you. Yeah. Job done. Where's the tissues? Yeah. The wet wipes are in the corner. Yeah. Make sure you clean yourself with wet wipes and make sure you clean yourself with some of that alcohol rub. Yeah. Oh, man. I could go south pretty quick. Well, it just did. Everything just went south. It does. I, it's not something that happens often here, is it? No, no. With this highbrow podcast. I just got followed by someone called Inside Ball. Yeah, likewise. Ball. Yeah. How fitting is that, eh? From, from Fan in the Stand. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Inside Ball. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I know I like all my balls inside. I don't know. I like my balls to be outside. Quite honestly, if your balls going inside. There's something going on there that you need to. <laughs> well, I was talking about inside my pants. Man. Ah, of course, yes, yes. I guess you can stuff your balls in. Being, anyway, being highbrow. That's all. Yeah, I, I was trying I to lift the tone. Yeah, it was a very, very. Um, Bad effort. I'd like to. I'd like to backtrack because you can't stuff your balls in their mouth. So sometimes it's good. There we go. You know when you go to the carnival and you get them balls and you put it in the mouths of the clowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there we go. We're we're back at the highbrow level again. Yeah, we're back. Yeah, there we go. We hope we didn't lose any listeners in that little period there. No. Nope. Stay with us. Um, any other business we need to attend to? I was going to say we had any emails, but I just realised we've already done those. <laughs> no, that's it. We're all good. I don't think there's been any uh, any news that's come out since we've been here. Let's have a look. Let's have a quick look at that. Well, a quick squeeze. Uh, the NRL website is sucking the rooster's dick. Um, oh, four Warriors players have gone home. Okay, that's a uh, that's not a good sign. No, so it was uh, David Fusatua, Kemamalo, Ignatius Parsi, I love his name, and King Funiyayawa. Oh, yeah, so, so they've lost. They've lost a few forwards there, which is not helpful because they've been a bit low on forwards. Yeah, and you know, you'd think that they would have stuck around for the money. Hmm. But no. Um. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with their results from here on in. I did have actually a an interesting stat which I shared on the Full Credit to the Boys podcast uh, yesterday. Yeah, you whore. What? Yeah, God, I am. <laughs> I had to. Sorry. My my services are widely requested. Yeah, they are. Just on one other podcast. Um, but it was about. I was looking at the absurdity of the Dragons and their coaching situation with Paul McGregor mm-hmm. because last weekend the Dragons scored their seventh win out of their last 27 games. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Now, the yeah. Bulldogs and the Warriors, who have both got rid of their coaches in the last few weeks, yeah, have each won 10 of their last 27 games. <laughs> Poor Dragons fans. Only the Titans have a worse record. Wow. 
and they've already got themselves a new coach to help deal with that. So of these four clubs, the Dragons are the only team, only team out there who've gone. Nope, this coach is good. We're sticking with him. Every That's other club insane. has recognised that there's an issue. They're not winning games, and they need to fix that. Rightly or wrongly, we're getting rid of their coach. Doesn't matter. They've made those decisions to try and get wins on the board. The Dragons have gone. Nope, this is fine. We're going to stay the course with this. They just can't sack him. They can't afford to. But yes. they did give him a contract extension last year, so it's madness. And then they got then he then the coach got Phil Gould in to review everything other than him, and he yeah. said, nope, "Everything's fine." Yeah, he's like, "Karen, review everything. <laughs> Set me." Yeah, yeah, don't review me. I know that me is good. Mm. The problem isn't the coach. No. I've no. already looked into the coaching bit. I know the coaching bit's fine. <laughs> it's funny because he did that review, right? And then he says, oh, that's the, the reviews between me and the club. It's like, sweet, okay. So since then, they've got worse. Mm. So how the fuck does that work? Yeah, it's been a uh, a great advertisement for the Phil, Philip Ronald Gould um, review process business mm. that he's got going. How many other clubs do you reckon will take him on board for a review? I don't think any more will. It'll be clubs that have got a coach that's on the on the rack, I guess. Get him in there, coach. You know what? Imagine if he took over as the Bulldogs coach. How funny that would be. <laughs> uh, that'd be interesting. It really would be. The media, the, the press conferences would be interesting. Oh, yeah, he'd be having a meltdown every every week. Mm-hmm. Well, he has a meltdown every day, as it is. Maybe it'd yeah. be good for him if he, you know, cut it back to a week. Yeah, socialise social um, distancing has not been kind to Phil Gould. No, no, he's just gone a little bit loopy. Yeah, but anyway, um, I suppose that wraps up this episode. Yeah, we did really good. This was a good episode. Congratulations. No worries, I was here for about 45 minutes of it. Yeah, 45 minutes of it. <laughs> Disappeared to open a package. I showed no urgency getting back. I was kind of like Darius Boyd in defence. <laughs> oh, shit. Or Moses and Bye for that matter. It was good. Did you get what you wanted? Yeah, yeah. Excellent rubber fist. Daughter, daughter got a Sonic game, so she's happy. Oh, she got a Sonic game. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. The thing that didn't come was the one thing that I ordered that was for me. Oh, what was that? Oh, it was another PlayStation game. Okay. I think it was a FIFA game or something like that. Okay. Not important. As long as the little one's happy. That's, That's it. Fight yeah. a, f- a fucking load of shit. You're filthy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll go outside and, and shake my fist at the sky soon. You're going to go out and chop some wood. And the weird thing is, you haven't even got an axe. Maybe I do. Oh, do you have an axe? Yeah. All I've got's my little pocket knife, eh? But I still haven't shown people my pocket knife. Your your little one? Yeah. Yeah. That, that you have to carry in the leg of your pants. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, that that's uh that that's for another episode. We'll get into that. Well, yeah. we're almost due to have an episode of all the weird stuff that we've bought online. I, I, if I take all the pictures, I, I really do. I've got to take pictures of it, all my mm. weird purchases and stuff. 
It'd be good. Sounds like a good idea. Mm. Alrighty, people, you can catch us on Twitter at Thurgo Freak Pod. We're on Instagram, Thurgo Freak Pod. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on LinkedIn. Um, you can check out our website, thurgoonthefreak.com. Drop us an email. Podcast at leaguefreak.com. There you go. Or you can go to the, uh, what was it, contact us section on the website. Yeah, yeah. Anything there, get in touch. Leave us a five-star review with a comment. We'll read them out like we did at the top of this episode. Yeah. They'll also go up on the website as well. Yeah, leave if you leave the most irrelevant comment you can think of, but make sure it's five stars. Yeah. We'll pop you up on the website. Yeah. Be fantastic. And uh, this has been a good episode. We will catch you next time.